Some of you know me, some of you don't. I feel sorry for those of you that know me, but my name is Dave Single. Yesterday, um, my wife and I uh, got to go <clears throat> and stop at uh, Pastor Ken and Dawn's house. And uh, as you know, the pastor just celebrated his eight, 18th, 50th birthday. And so I get in there and I start singing to Yeah, there you go. Come on. I get in this house and I start singing to him and next thing you know, he's crying. And I said, Pastor, why are you crying? He said, that is the worst singing I've ever heard. So I was going to have us sing happy birthday to him today, but we better do it next Sunday when I'm not here. So... Anyway, um, I'd like you to turn your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, Matt, make sure the time is up there because I have a restriction, not more than 40 minutes, okay? Put the timer on, baby, so I don't go past. Well, here's what I want to share with you today as you're looking that up. I just want to share some things that I think all of us have been going through the last two years, two and a half years. And I've just got some things written down that I want to share. One of the things that's really hampered our life as believers and non-believers all over the world is fear that we've been facing, anxiety, despair, and there are some that are facing depression. Why? Well, let me just share some things with you that I wrote down. The Wuhan China virus, known as COVID-19, has threatened each and every one of us in so many ways. We see isolation, or we've seen isolation, we've seen loneliness, we've seen no control over our routines. Moms and dads that have kids in school feel inadequate educators as schools have closed down. There's all kinds of, of discouraging news that we're hearing. High schoolers, seniors, uh, college uh, communities and such, students, they've lost semesters. I uh, have some friends that, uh, while my grandsons were going to school during this time and as seniors, and one of the local schools says, hey, whatever grade you had before school stopped due to COVID, uh, you have that same grade. And they didn't even have to do any more work. So, of course, they didn't do any more work. The elderly... um, Fear of the outside world, fear of any physical contact. Val and I, my mother is at a um, um, uh, a place called Hubbard Hill, but she's out in the back, and they sent letters out asking uh, the people that live there not to let their families come and visit. Uh, We would drive into the area where my mom lived, but there would be the nursing home, and there were people outside looking at their loved ones, and you could just see tears coming down because they didn't have any physical contact. There were fear for people going into grocery stores. I even heard of people that came back from the grocery store, changed their clothes, put other clothes on, went into their home. Their kids had to bring groceries outside. I mean, some would think it was perilous times that we were going through. Then there was domestic situations, uh, wondering can marriages and families survive all this. COVID-19 it was a, and is a silent, invisible, lethal predator threatening our society on every front. And not only our society, but it threatened our church life on every area. 
every front. We've seen pro- protesting. We've seen rioting. We've seen people saying, defunded the police, marching in the streets. There was chaos everywhere, and now we have war. And people are discouraged, and they are in despair. So my question to you today is, what struggles do you find yourself dealing with in these last two years or two and a half years, and maybe some of them you're still, still continuing to deal with on a daily basis? Every Christian that's here and around the world is in the midst of a great battle on a daily basis. We find ourselves battling sometimes with people, with problems, with perceptions, with pleasures of this world, with pain from the past, and powerful spiritual beings. But God wants us to experience victory daily in every area of our life. So we're going to turn to Ephesians 6. We're going to start in verse 10. And I'm going to read. I'm in the New King James Version. It says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand an evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having having sod or shod your feet excuse me with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father and Lord, we thank you for this day of life. We thank you for the opportunity of being here today. Holy Spirit, I call upon you to open our hearts, open our minds. Lord, I pray that some of these things that we have been going through and possibly are still going through would, would come into our minds, Lord. Some of those things, Lord, have made us idle. They have given us fear. They have given us despair. They have given us anxiety. They have given us even to the point of depression. Holy Spirit of God, I ask that you just strengthen us even today. Lord, I ask that you give me the words that you want me to say. And Lord, I love you and we just thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I want to give you four things, if I could, right now that I'd like to go through. And these four things will give us victory. It's, it's interesting that one of the songs I wanted to sing this morning was Victory in Jesus. And sure enough, I didn't even ask for it. You guys sang it. It was just awesome to see how all these songs were about having victory. And um, it was just 
dynamite to see that. But the first one that we want to look at is understand God's adversary. We're also going to look at utilizing God's armor, unleash God's artillery, and um, undertake God's activities. i got to tell you the story before we start, because one of the things I did yesterday with your pastor is we went on a walk. And I want you to know that I beat him. No matter what he says... I beat him. Matter of fact, we went out twice because I don't think he understood the first time that I did. So we went out again, and I beat him again. So I just want to go on record for that because I know that when I come back, there may be other things that will be shared, but um, and hopefully he'll be um, uh, strong enough and uh, that he'll finally be able to win. But I, I don't know. We'll, we will see, brother, if that happens or not. So, anyway, the first thing is understanding God's adversary. We know that God's adversary is the devil. We know it's demons and his deceived. And one of the scriptures that, that really uh, stands out about this is found in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, verse 3 and 4. And I'm just going to go ahead and read some of these with you. I'll have you uh, turn your Bibles to some other things here, but... It says, but even if our gospel is veiled, or the King James says hid, it is veiled to those who perish, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of God, who is the image of God, should shine on them. There is a lot of people in our world that are deceived. And we have an opportunity to share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. But I want you to know that I think that a lot of times with some of the things that we're, we've gone through in these last two years or so, people have got more fearful. People are not reaching out to people. People are, are not talking to people. I was at a place, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to lose a little weight. And I go to this place to get a shake, you know, with protein. And I'm sitting there because my wife said the other day, because I, lo- I love this shirt, it's, it's about the world, but she said the world is getting bigger, and it's getting bigger, and it's getting bigger. So because the world's getting bigger, I figured I should take some protein shakes so it can get smaller and smaller. Then she has me turn around and says, as the world turns. So I, I don't know what she meant by that, but... Anyway, I was at the, getting my shake, and this man came in. And I know this man a little bit. And this man is just, I, I didn't know it. He looks just like you and me. He's walking around in life and living. And all of a sudden, we made the mistake, and I'm glad that we did, and asked him how he was doing. Well, he told us. His daughter had been in the hospital that night. Uh, she was having her second child. They had to take a C-section. It was an emergency. The baby wasn't full um, uh, time period, and they had to take it early. His daughter, they didn't know if she was going to make it. They didn't know if the baby was going to make it. And all this, we, we had no idea. But we asked him how he was doing. You know, be careful when you ask people how they're doing because I hope that they tell you. And I hope that you really want to know how they're doing. There are people hurting. And so at this, this place where I get my shake at, uh, I said, we got to pray for you right now. So I got on one side, and another gentleman was there. Now, he was a Pentecost. He got on the other side. And then I started praying for him. So I don't know if it was, 
this, this other gentleman is from another church group, and we're just praying over him and had our hands on him. I, I'm not sure if the Baptists kind of dwindled the Pentecost prayer and brought it to this man. I, I, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm, we, were, we, we were joking with each other. But he, he was so overwhelmed, he told his wife, he told his kids, and I told him, you know, if you would have told people at the church that you go to, I know them, I know a lot of them, they would have prayed for you too. But they weren't around. We were there. People need us. People need to hear from us. People need our attention. And, and Satan will do whatever he can to deceive us. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches in, in verse uh, Ephesians 6.10 that, that the, Satan is a, a strong enemy. And not only is he a strong enemy in verse 11, he's a subtle enemy. In verse 12, he teaches, it teaches us that he's a spiritual enemy. And not only is he a spiritual enemy, he is a sinister enemy. He wants people to go to hell. And you know what? I pray that because we have trusted in Jesus, we know him as our Savior and King, we want to share that good news with everyone. And we want others to have victory in Jesus. And so I pray that, I think sometimes our our heart has come to a situation where maybe we don't care so much. We're hearing about what's going on in Ukraine and what's going on in Russia, and we're hearing about Christians and others that are being killed. And I I had a gentleman um, that was speaking to us last Saturday at prayer breakfast, and he was just sharing about one of his best friends that was from Ukraine. He and his wife and daughter were able to get out of the country into Germany. But his wife's mother and father stayed because father was dying. And then father died of cancer while they were there. And they were, the, the son-in-law was trying to get back to Ukraine, get back to where his mother-in-law was to bring her. You know, these are stories that we don't hear from. And, and my concern is, I, just, I, I pray that we are concerned about others not only in our own pond, not only in our own area, not only in our own neighborhood, not only in our own families, but we care about what's happening in the world. You know, the next thing that I have is utilizing God's armor. You know, we need to put things on daily. You know, we do certain things every day to get ready for work or to get ready for our day. But, you know, in verse 14, the first part of it says we need to put the belt of truth on. Our lies that we may tell ourselves and other lies that others are telling us or the devil's lies can trip us up. But we must put the belt of truth on. And the reason we do that is to stand in victory against Satan. We must know the truth, speak the truth, and live by the truth. You know, our pastor tells us that if, if he is not seeing enough people that are struggling in life, he literally goes to Walmart because there are all kinds of people that are at Walmart. And every time he goes without fail, he asks people how they're doing, and people will tell them. And people need to know the truth, they need to speak the truth, and they need to live by the truth. The next thing we see in, in verse 14 of our text is that 
the breastplate of righteousness we must put on. Nothing will weaken us and bring destruction to our lives more than ungodliness. A commitment to righteousness repels the enemy. Folks, we need to get back to righteousness. The next verse in verse 15 talks about the shoes of peace. The peace of God is what keeps us strong and enables us to overcome anxiety anxiety and fear. I, I got an email from a pastor here in the United States. Uh, he was out of Illinois. And he put some information out just trying to see where his people were because they had gone so many months without church. He could not believe, but over 50% of his church was anxious, had anxiety, and was struggling. And then the number of those had depression. I, I sent messages to several of the missionaries I deal with around the world and, and pastors from other churches in the world, and I asked them, how many people are going through this? One pastor said, 100% of my people are going through anxiety because of what's going on these last two and a half years. Some pastor said, 50% of my people, 30% of my people. Whatever it is, it's too much. There are fears out there. There are things out there that we struggle with. The next thing in verse 16, it says that we should have a shield of faith. Faith in God and the promise of His Word enables us to turn away from the fiery darts of the enemy. Whether they come towards us or they come to the back of us and hit us in the back, we need to put the shield of faith on and be able to handle what comes our way. The helmet of salvation. Our greatest battle with Satan occurs in our mind. And in 2 Corinthians, if you'd like to turn there, 2 Corinthians 10. I'd like to just read a couple of verses there. 2 Corinthians 10. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, it says this. This has to do with the helmet of salvation. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. It says this, For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. the, The text doesn't say they're mighty in us. No, they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Another verse under, I I, I skipped over this, under faith, and I should have, I apologize, for the shield of faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 6 that, but faith, or without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We need to diligently seek God. So, talking about the helmet of salvation, we need need to be reminded of 
daily of who we are in Christ as a result of our salvation. And sometimes I wonder if we forget stuff. And I know I do. I have to have my wife tell me all kinds of things that I forgot. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me that before? She says, I have, but you haven't listened. I, I don't know if other men are like that. I think I'm the only one that has that problem. Oh, honesty here in your, in your church, Pastor Ken. There's honesty here. So the next thing that we will see if we want to have victory is unleash God's um, artillery. You know, we, uh, we need to, to do that. The first thing we see is the sword of the Spirit. You know, the devil is not afraid of the Bible. Okay? But he is afraid of the truth of the Bible illuminated and, and living by the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Matthew 4, it says this. And I'm just going to do the, the... You guys know the text where it talks about where Jesus was tempted by Satan. And finally, Jesus says to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered. All the way through, when you look at those three times that Satan is after Jesus and wanting him to do things, he brings the Word of God and shares it with Satan. We need to know God's Word. Fighting the devil with spoken words require knowing the Word of God and living by the Word of God in our lives. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to know God's word. Next we have, well, another verse. I should probably give you this. 2 Timothy, you know these verses also. 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Next we have the name of Jesus. Man, there is power in the name of Jesus. Is there power in the name of Jesus? There is power in the name of Jesus. But not only, know, not only that, the blood of Jesus. And that's what I want us to see. The blood of Jesus is the weapon that Satan hates the most because it reminds him of his greatest defeat. And it's just so powerful that we can see these words as we go through scriptures. We have the name of Jesus. I, I forgot to give you this text. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit nervous right now. It's hot up here. In Philippians 2, uh, 9 through 11, it says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those in earth and of those under the earth 
that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. But we looked at the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Colossians 2. Let's look this up. Colossians 2.15. Colossians 2.15. Oh, well. Colossians 2.15 says this, Having disarmed principalities and power, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The blood of Jesus. There was power in the blood of Jesus. You know, it's interesting that so many churches have taken songs out that talk about the blood of Jesus. The next thing is the word of our testimony. Our testimony proves that we have the authority to use God's weapons in warfare. One of the stories that I love is found from the book of Acts. It's in verse um, uh, nine, or chapter 19, verse 13. And it says, Some of the Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had e- evil spirits, saying, We exercise, or that's not right, we ex- yeah, exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preached. And the Bible says, Also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirits answered and said, You know what? Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? Then the men in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Folks, we have Jesus in us. We have the power. We have the Word of God. We have the Word of truth. We need to put on this armor of God so that we can be a testimony to those in our world. The next thing is a surrendered life. Total victory will be ours when we are sold out to the Lord. And I think this is one of the things that I don't see a lot with today. A lot of Christians are not sold out for the Lord. Have you ever seen somebody that's sold out for the Lord? I mean, they eat, they drink, they, they, they share the gospel with Jesus. And I think, like I said before, that we are so into our, ourselves and our little area um, you know, um, I've heard this before. It's about me, and it's not supposed to be. Is that the way you say it, Pastor, something like that? I don't know. There's something that he used to do up here. I. Anyway, but we need to be sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now so more than ever. The Bible tells us that in the last days, perilous times will come. That was in the first century. And look where we're at as we continue living. We're continuing in perilous times and perilous times and perilous times. And we're hearing about wars and rumors of wars. And you know what? Things are getting bad. And we ain't seen nothing yet. We can only defeat the enemy when we are wearing the Lord's armor and utilizing the Lord's artillery. One of the... the, the 
little guys in the Bible. I mean, he was just a little guy when this was written in first. Um, I'm sorry, in First uh, Samuel 17, 1 through verse 40, uh, 54, you know, you heard about him. It's interesting that he was the eighth son of Jesse. He was nobody. He, was a, he, he tended sheep. I mean, his brothers despised him because, you know, he's just little midge guy, you know, taking care of the sheep. And his dad says, hey, go take this, you know, these provisions to your three brothers and Hey, anything not to wash the sheep, Dad, I'll do. You know, I mean, I, I, I could even take out the trash when I was a kid, but if my dad had something that I wanted to do, I was there. Well, David was no different. And the Bible tells us this greatest victory that David had and how he took down Goliath. But he didn't take him down. God was with him, and he knew it. And, and he utilized the Lord in, in fighting against Goliath. And it gave Israel strength to, to go forth. When we see one person standing on the Word of God and going out and things are happening in their life, I, I know it encourages each and every one of us to prevail, to keep going, to, to keep pushing, to, to keep on our knees and praying, to keep calling on God. God, help us. God, we need you. We struggle, God. Help us. Help our unbelief. But the last thing that we see is understanding God's activities. And I think this is something that we totally have got away from. Not everybody, but many Christians today. Godly activities include some things, some responsibilities that you and I have. Connecting frequently with the Lord. In Ephesians 6.10, It says, finally, my brother, the Apostle Paul is saying this, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of my might. Oh, wait a minute. No, that must have been Dave's single version. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His, capital H, His might. We have to be strong. And how do we do that? By our daily devotions. Daily connecting with the Lord infuses us with His strength so that we can be strong in the face of temptation and trials. We've got to get in the Word of God. God gives us a manual that we can go to, that we can use. And so many times when we get in the Word of God and we get it in our heart and we get it in our mind as we're thinking about through the day, those answers that we're struggling with God gives us. You know, my grandson is in uh, Japan in the Marines, and he's struggling. I talked to him um, well, the other day for about an hour. I mean, what, what kid wants to, uh, grandson wants to talk to their grandson all that time, or, um, you know, grandfather all that time, but he, he did. He's showing me all his uniforms, and, and then we got to the serious talk. And I said, you know, Jaden, how are you doing your daily devotions? Grandpa, I'd like to lie to you. No, don't, don't lie to me. Grandpa, it ain't happening. You know, Jaden, you got to get in the Word of God daily. And, and Jaden, there is a lack of wisdom that we're seeing in the world. He said, I know, Grandpa. I know. I see it at my work. I see it with people that I deal with. And I said, Jaden, the, 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 the wisdom that we're seeking is in the Word of God. Fear is the beginning of wisdom. And, and Jaden, you got to get in the Word of God and, and share. He says, Grandpa, I will. 
and we'll talk again, and I'll ask him again, how, how are you doing the Word of God? And, uh, and we'll see. But we've got to get in it frequently. If we're going to know God, we've got to get in the Word of God. But so many times we're concerned about the things that are going on in this world that we spend so much time, and I, I know I'm the only one that does this, I watch the news. And when I get done, I'm discouraging. And I come to find out I'm spending more time on the news and on Facebook and Ramble and all these different things that I haven't taken the time that I need to in the Word of God. I know you guys don't do that, but I do. We need to stand firmly in the Lord. In other words, daily walk and, and accountability. We must daily take a stand for right and against wrong. Demonstrating that we are for God and against the devil in the world. One thing that I've been going through for a number of years, and, and I don't know why God chose me to go through it. I know there's other people that have gone through it. But I have a real high uh, oxygen. Uh, is that what it is, Val? Uh, um, red blood cells. i got tons of them. I wish I could give you a bunch of them. <clears throat> I have to go in every 56 days and give blood. Because if I don't, my numbers will keep going, ticking higher. And right now they're probably at 19.5, 19.4. I, mean, I haven't had anything done for a while. But when I give a unit of blood, it drops down into the 18s. Well, they want me to get below 17.4. Well, the only way that I can go below 17.4 is I, if I give blood every 30 days. Well, our government mandates that. I can only give blood every 56 days. And so then I have to, if I, now, if, if I cheat and I lie, then I can go to the Red Cross one time and then 30 days later go to this other facility that's, that doesn't know what the Red Cross uh, uh, knows. And if, when this person said, have you given blood in the last 56 days, I can lie. And, and it's interesting that a lady that I've been witnessing to for a number of years said, Dave, you're just going to have to lie. If you want to live, you're going to have to lie. And I said, no, I will go to my doctor every 30 days, um, well, 30 days after I give blood, and I will have them take a unit of blood, and they'll throw it away. She said, but that's going to cost you money. Dave, just lie. And that's what the world wants us to do. We, we, they want us to lie, but how am I going to stand for right? I mean, I, I mean this is my health we're talking about. Surely it's okay to do that for your health, isn't it? No. And, and, and so I have to, and I told her, I said, look, I'm going to go to my doctor, and he's going to take a, um, a unit of blood, and they're going to throw it away. And she says, well, that's just a waste of money. But it's something we have to do because we have to stand for right and against wrong. Now, I don't know if that's going to influence her to come to know Jesus. I don't know that, but that's what I'm going to do demonstrating that we are for God and we are against the devil and the world. The world will tell us things. we got to stop listening to the world. we got to start listening to the Word of God. We need to start listening to the Holy Spirit of God that is in us. Next thing we have to do, and, and I'm sure you're all doing this, I'm just preaching to the choir, is we have to pray fervently for ourselves and others. In verse 18, of our text, it says this. i got to find it here. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful of this end with all perseverance 
and supplication for the saints. One of the things that I lack on that, I don't always pray for myself. I sometimes think it's, you know, I, I probably shouldn't be doing that. But God's Word says I need to do that. I need to pray in the Spirit. The Bible tells us the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. we got to get back to getting on our knees praying. Let me share a case in point of this. Years ago at our church, I started talking to the men and started, hey, let's get together and let's pray. Let's come in on a, a Friday night. I, I can't remember what time we started. I think it was 8 o'clock. And let's pray all night till 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll do that, I'll do that. Well, the first week there was three of us. And the next week I think there was like six of us. And we'd have a time of, you know, uh, just sharing God's Word. Each of us would get up and share something. It really went good for about three weeks. And next thing you know, we had two or three guys. I remember down front I had to bring a big cushion and not to sleep, but to put my knees on because they hurt so bad when I was on my knees. And so we're praying, I prayed, and Stan prayed, and then Dan prayed, and then all of a sudden, I don't remember anything. And come to find out, I said, okay, Stan, it's your turn to pray. And Stan said, no, Dave, you fell asleep. I prayed, Dan prayed, it's your turn now. <laughs> i tell you what, praying all night is hard work. But I'm going to tell you what, the value of that, people came to know the Lord through that we were praying for missionaries we are playing praying for family members we are praying for our enemies and god used that time but of course with men we get tired of things and it, it seemed like as our prayer life of doing this god was honoring it i you just i i, I couldn't even tell you all the things that were happening around the world and in people's lives And we got tired of it. And now it's really hard to get people to come in and pray for a couple hours. Because we're so busy. We're we're doing other things. But folks, we we have to get back, back to praying fervently. Then the next thing we have to do is start caring faithfully for God's people. We must encourage, equip, and care for our fellow soldiers, our fellow brothers in Christ. We have to care for others. And I think sometimes we we lose that, especially during this last couple years, that we don't care like we should. We have good news in us. We need to share with others. We need to proclaim fearlessly the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the only thing that will change people. We must share our testimony and our faith. Each and every one of us has a testimony of what God has done in, in and through our lives. It's funny when I'm talking to my grandson, you know, because he's in the military, I was in the military. And it seems like nothing's changed. And I'll say things about what I went through, and he's like, oh, Grandpa, I just went through that. And, and, but, but we're sharing things that are important to each other. Well, we need to be sharing the gospel. Is the gospel important to us? The good news? We know what it is. When we know something, we should be wanting to tell others about it. Not keep it inside. Not be like the Dead Sea and allow everything just to 
Come on, Pastor, just share with me. Just give it to me, Pastor. I need it. I need it. No, we need to be sharing it and proclaiming fearlessness, uh, fearlessly about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is only through spreading the truth that we will stop the rain and spread of terror. We've got to share the good news. It's interesting, in the book of Acts, uh, 8 chapter, uh, Philip went to an area and shared the gospel, went to Samaria, and he preached Christ. And the Bible said because he did that, there was joy in the heart of the, of the people in the city. Folks, people need joy. People need to know what the good news is. We need to share it. The other thing is we, there, there's a truth to stand on. In 2 Timothy 4, uh, 17 and 18, it says this. Oh, Pastor, i I got a couple seconds. Is that the way you have it fixed up? That'll pop. Yeah, thank you, Pastor. All right. I got it. But it says in 2 Timothy 4, 17, But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. You know, when we're out doing what God wants us to do, God is with us, and He's right there strengthening us. I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and perceive me for His heavenly kingdom. So again, I want to go through these four things that I have for you. We will have victory when we understand God's adversary, when we utilize God's armor, when we unleash God's artillery, when we undertake godly activities. There's two things I want to share with you. Um, One of the gentlemen that I used to listen to years and years ago, for years I listened to this man, Zig Ziglar. And I have to share something that he says. You know, he said this. He's a Christian man, loved the Lord. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Do you know who holds tomorrow? Do you know who holds tomorrow? Another man said this. Feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. Folks, we need to start um, starving our doubts to death. Thank you. Let me pray. Are you somebody going to come up or I'm, I'm going to close it out? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your people. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that we have understood everything that was shared. Holy Spirit, I ask that you use these words. Use this scripture. I pray, Father, that it will pierce our heart if there's areas in our life that we are not doing. Lord, I pray that um, we will have a desire to serve you all the days of our life. There may be some here tonight or today that have never fully trusted in Jesus. Father, I ask that you compel them, even this day, to seek those that have the words to share the Word of God, Lord. And I pray that you will use these words for your glory. Help your people, Lord, to continue to live for you in this time of possibly fear, despair, anxiety, and even some that are going through depression. 
Lord, we love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen.